Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a sideline sleuth. Today we're going to talk about the disappearance of a man named John Glasgow, who went missing in Arkansas in 2008. John was declared dead in 2011, and actually found to be deceased in 2015, but the cause of his death is listed as undetermined. Therefore, I can't conclusively say that this was a murder. John was the CFO of a construction company called CDI Contractors at the time he went missing. He allegedly backed out of his driveway at 5.15 on the morning of January 28, 2008, and was never seen alive again. What happened to John? As always, you can decide for yourself. Oh, I'm so excited. So surveillance footage from CDI shows that John never made it to work on January 28th. But someone from the office called his wife at some point that day asking where John was. And Melinda, his wife, immediately knew something wasn't right. So she quickly organized a search effort to locate him based off the location of his last cell phone ping near Pettigene Mountain. And, okay, guys... That is a French word or two words. And in Arkansas, they say pedigene. And this has really been hard for me because that's not how you say that. But I watched a lot of news coverage of this case, and they all say pedigene, every single anchor. So we're going to say pedigene, even though it is extremely painful <laughs> to mispronounce this. Because in Louisiana, we're good with the French. So, oh, yeah, that's what you're Pettigene. So his Volvo SUV was found outside of the Mather Lodge on the mountain. Initially, there was some dispute over how long the car had been there, but a tourist from Tennessee was able to provide time-stamped photos to law enforcement showing that the car had been there since the 28th when John went missing. That's so helpful, tourist. Inside his unlocked vehicle was his phone, two credit cards, and his laptop. The only items missing were his keys and wallet. An investigator with the Conway County Sheriff's Office said that tracking dogs may have found something, but the dog's handlers couldn't tell if the scent came from John himself or just John's car, and that it looked like John just got out of the car and walked off. Both investigators and John's family said it wasn't possible to know if he committed suicide, was abducted, was a victim of foul play, or if he went missing on purpose to start a new life somewhere else. Well, that's the time when they thought he was missing. So, like I said, John was the chief financial officer for CDI Contractors. He was making a seven-figure salary, and they are a multi-million dollar construction subsidiary of the department store Dillard's. So, CDI Contractors was apparently a really successful construction company, working on big projects like Bill Clinton's presidential library, and many of the state's other well-known buildings. So at the time of his disappearance, the company was undergoing an audit and an ownership transition because the founder, Bill Clark, had unexpectedly died. Bill Clark owned 50% of CDI, and the Dillard's Incorporation owned the other 50%. So John mentioned to friends and family that CDI had some sort of strained relationship with the Dillard's department stores at the time, like all of this 
upheaval was going on. So according to reports, Dillard's chief financial officer, James Freeman, was questioning some of John's accounting practices as well as a $300,000 bonus that John had just received. John deemed at least one of their conversations to be threatening in terms of business consequences like depreciation of assets. So apparently it got so bad that John installed a wiretap on his own phone because he wanted to record any future threats that he got. Which, like, you must be really, like, serious about it if you're, like, going to tap your own phone, record your own conversations just so you can catch somebody, which is kind of weird, but no future threats were ever recorded. I know. A few weeks before his disappearance, his wife Melinda said that she found John just pacing in their kitchen, stressing about the audit due to what she called Dillard's sending, quote, absolutely relentless auditors to review CDI's books. So John is like really overwhelmed by it. And eventually John and CDI were both cleared by the audit, showing that there was like no money missing and nothing illegal had transpired. But up until that point, until he went missing, he was like really stressed out about it. Not because he knew that they did nothing wrong, but because they were just relentless. They were just, and they were making accusations. And so it was just, it was really bothering him. It just sounds stressful for anyone, even honest people. Yeah. So when he vanished... He actually was in position to potentially be one of the people who bought out Bill Clark's half of CDI. So when Bill died in 2007, Dillard's had the option to buy his shares, but they, the company at the time was discussing allowing other CDI employees to buy out Clark's shares instead. Mm-hmm. So John would have been in charge of that redistribution, and he also stood to buy a part of the company himself. So those close to John said that this multi-million dollar deal was something he constantly thought about. As with most similar situations, rumors began circulating. Some people thought that his disappearance might have something to do with Dillard's or maybe with the audit that he was anxious about. Shortly before John went missing, he received a significant bonus, which we just talked about. And there was speculation that maybe there was like blackmail or extortion going on. But his bank accounts were never touched after he was last seen. Okay. So. So unlikely. Yeah. A lot of people suggested that Bill Dillard, which is Bill Clark's best friend and the other half of Dillard's, had something to do or some kind of involvement in John's mysterious but also timely disappearance. There was, like, too many things lining up that would give you reason to think that, like, Dillard's Incorporated and therefore Bill Dillard himself stood to benefit like a whole lot if John was a non-issue. So if they just like got John out of the way, it was it would be beneficial for Dillard's. Right, cuz then Dillard's could buy those shares. Yeah. Well, I mean they could buy them anyway. I think they had the legal option to, to... but John was really wanting to buy gotcha. part of it. And I think John was just ruffling their feathers kind of. So so just at odds. Yeah. Okay. So John actually wrote a letter to Bill Clark's son, William, and he was kind of like coaching him or giving him advice on how he would handle this dispute or whatever it was with his dad's best friend and business partner, Bill Dillard. So it's just like a whole lot of bills right here. So Mm -hmm. Bill Clark and Bill Dillard are best friends. They're like the face of Dillard's. And then Bill Clark owns CDI, which is probably Clark and Dillard. Anyway, so mm-hmm. he owns CDI, and then the parent company, Dillard's, owns the other half. So he was trying to tell him, like, 
this is what I would do if I was you and hoping that he could straighten things out and mend that relationship. So like Bill Clark Jr., I guess, or whatever number he was, could fix things with his dad's friend. So at the same time, basically, that he's going through all this, he's just gone one day. So like his com- his boss dies. His company is transitioning ownership. He gets a huge bonus. There's a stressful audit. And then he's gone. So John's wife gave law enforcement a copy of a draft letter that John was writing to Bill Dillard himself, the Dillard CEO, about a January 18th meeting that he had with a Dillard's executive where he said that he was, quote, deeply hurt by the accusations of James Freeman, Dillard's CFO. And then 10 days later, John disappears. So he never got to send that letter. Right. But he was writing it about how offended I guess he was okay so it gives you some clue into how he was feeling what was going on with him yeah and then 10 days later he's gone on February 2nd police call off their search for John after five days of like nothing happening just five days yeah on well it's like a a weird landscape so I've read a lot of stuff and there's like boulders and cliffs and it's just like kind of treacherous yeah treacherous that was a good word On February 13th, a $70,000 reward for information leading to his discovery is offered. His family was offering $50,000, and then some other organization added $20,000 to that. Which, when you think you just got $300,000 bonus, that doesn't seem like they really want to find you. Yes, I was like, ain't they rich? (laughs) Yeah, and they said the money wasn't even touched, so why don't you just be like, here's his whole bonus. Help us find John. That was a bonus, too. Yeah, so it's not even his salary was seven figures, they said. Yeah, so he's... He was large. And he actually drove my dream car, which I, for some reason, thought I was going to be lucky enough to buy one day. But now I'm like, (laughs) they drive this. The 1% drives that Volvo XC90. What are you thinking, Megan? So on February 8th, 2011, just over three years since he was last seen, John's wife petitions for him to be legally declared dead. And that happened. So he was considered to be dead in 2011. And that was probably for insurance and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. A few days before the fourth anniversary of John's disappearance, which was January 26, 2012, a man named Jonathan Bronner comes forward claiming to have information about John's whereabouts. So Jonathan is a two-time convicted felon, and he said he was hired by what he referred to as thugs from Malvern to dispose of John's body. He said that these thugs killed him because John owed them money, and that he buried John in a bean field. I don't know. If he owed the money, he just got a $300,000 bonus. Like, he would have yeah. made a payment plan or something at least. But the field was searched and no remains were found. So, <sighs> Randoms just confessing yeah. to crime. At the time of his admission, Jonathan was in jail awaiting trial for attempting to abduct and extort money from his previous employer. <laughs> so there were some similarities, honestly, about what they thought was going on with John. But investigators said that his credibility was questionable. And, you know, they found nothing in that location, so... Yeah, they couldn't really corroborate his claim. So it's just another, like, instance of people putting themselves in a crime that they had nothing to do with again. Well, on Wednesday, March 11th, 2015, more than seven years after John was reported missing, hikers discovered a human skull at the bottom of a bluff, not near, like, a road or a trail or anything. And... It was like 150 yards away from a road, like Red Bluff Drive, I think is what they said, in this park. And a mile from where his vehicle had been abandoned seven years earlier. It's more than seven years earlier. 
but not like a like a straight walking mile like as a crow flies mile so between the car and the skull there's like steep terrain drop-offs cliffs boulders like okay so it's he wouldn't have just walked straight from the car to that spot it's a weaving box yeah that's a good way to put it. You're just on top of it with your vocabulary today. so encouraging. So, the following day, dental records that the family had provided to officials at the beginning, like when John first went missing, they were used to quickly provide a positive identification of the skull as being John's. That's so sad. But officials didn't release any details about how John died. Like, they didn't say what his cause of death was. But his brother Roger said that he thinks John was a victim of foul play. He did a press conference. There's a picture of Roger. That's him right there. Oh, hey, Roger. um, That's John's wife. So he did this press conference, and he said that the skull showed no evidence of blunt force trauma, which he felt like there would have been if John had maybe fallen from a high elevation. Okay. So it doesn't look like he was jumped, like he jumped or was pushed off the cliff, or that he died as a result of a physical assault, at least to his head. Okay. So... But they also didn't recover any weapon or anything at the scene. Did they discover his whole body or just his at skull? At this time, it's just the skull. Okay. And the skull is, like, in perfect condition. So there's no, like, trauma to the skull. So John says, he, I mean, Roger says he still thinks that it's foul play. He said there was also no reason to believe that the skull had been previously buried and was somehow unearthed. It was, like, above ground when they found it. So... He said, quote, we have always suspected foul play was involved, and the discovery of this strengthens that belief, end quote. Roger continued that though John did hike every now and then, it wasn't something that he did often or that he was exceptionally or professionally skilled at, nor did John frequent Pettit Jean State Park. This is going to be my next question. Did he like to hike? Was he a big nature boy? I would say, like, I like to hike, but I probably go hiking, like, four times a year. Like, and not exceptionally skilled at it or professional by any means. It's just something I occasionally do. Yeah, and then maybe you take gear. Maybe there'd be some, like... I just take a water bottle, and that's about it. And he doesn't have any of that, though. So, like, there's no reason to think he left his house going hiking. He was wearing khakis when he left. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. So, So, he wasn't, like, a... And he didn't go to this... Like, when I go hiking, I go to the same spot every yeah. time. And because my friend Uresi makes me go there. But he wasn't a frequent visitor to this park, and he wasn't dressed for hiking. He did like to hike, but it wasn't, like, all the time. So it just didn't make sense that he was where he was. Okay. But up until the discovery of his remains, John was the only person ever reported missing in the park who had not been located. So it was, like, seven years he was the only missing person in the state park. Wow. Very safe park. Yeah. Conway County Sheriff Mike Smith said that the information Roger Glasgow gave in his press interview or press release was just largely speculation. But he did confirm the location of the body and said, well, the skull, and said that there was no weapon, clothing, or any other items that had been recovered. So at this point, it's just a skull. And they only know it's John from dental records. Mm -hmm. So officials continued to search that area until Thursday afternoon when rain forced them to stop. Sheriff Smith said, quote, it's very rocky and hilly with pretty good drop-offs. Even in normal conditions, a search like this is difficult. But now we've got the weather hindering us even more, end quote. So they really want to find, like, we don't need to wait seven more years to find it. We now know where the skull was found. Like, we need to go ahead and see if we can find the rest of John. So only finding a skull at first presented its own challenges because they weren't really able to paint a full picture of what they think happened to John. So the state called in extra employees and cadaver dogs to look for more remains, and they even brought in metal detectors to see if they could find, like, buttons or 
a zipper or rings that maybe he was wearing that could be nearby. And the Arkansas State Police also brought in an archaeologist to help investigators determine, like, how spread out the remains were, like, how far they'd been distributed, and also what they should be looking for, considering so much time had passed between mm-hmm. when he went missing and when they discovered the body. So I feel like they were, like, really covering all their bases. Like, they wanted to find the rest of him. It's already been seven years. So nearly a week after they discovered the skull, more remains believed to belong to John were discovered. And the identification was made by the description of what John was wearing at the time he went missing, and also his Arkansas driver's license and a credit card belonging to him were in a wallet found in those clothes. So, oh. but they didn't really say like how. I think I have a map, maybe, but yeah. it doesn't say like head found here versus it just says like this is where his car was and then this is where he was like where they were found. Ah, uh, so it's, but it, it doesn't say wasn't like, like they were nearby. No, I mean they searched the area where knew the skull and it the took them a was, week. Yeah. 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 And so it, the car is a mile from the skull. No telling how yeah, far yeah, away the so. body is from the skull yeah, itself. But somewhere in that general region. Okay. Some people who were like tourists or visitors to the park said that more than half of the trails were closed in the park for like days while they tried to look for this. So they were they were trying to be thorough, but so they they determined that it is John from those things, but the remains are sent to the Arkansas State Crime Lab to determine the cause of death. Well, Sheriff Smith said, quote, we don't have any answers as to what happened to Mr. Glasgow. We've been working a missing persons case since 2008, and that's what we're going to continue to do at this point. If there's something that the medical examiner sees that points us in a different direction, then we'll go that direction. Right now, this is a recovery effort to bring the remains back to the family for closure, end quote. So he really wasn't trying to say anything in any direction he was just like we've just found this and like we just we just want to like reunite like get the remains of the family for like a burial or whatever but a medical examiner said that you know when you find skeletal remains that have been outside in the elements and then aged for years it can be really difficult to figure out what happened and that more often than not you can't Mm -hmm. like the more time that passes the harder it is so they like x-ray their remains and they look for breaks or trauma or something like they go through it bone by bone and they clean each piece and examine them for abnormalities and then sometimes the clothes that the person was wearing can also provide clues when their bodies can't but there's like there's nothing else like there's no other remnants of the person to look for yeah no anything tissue. so yeah i think the swab okay yeah so it's just like they just have bones they have clothes and they're, and they're trying to figure out how john died eight, seven years ago from clothes and bones. Yeah. And the skull, they said, had no trauma. Yeah, and that's probably usually a go-to. Yeah, like, like if you think if somebody's, they're going to be, like, executed, like, there's going to be, like, a bullet hole or something. Yeah. But, so, let's talk about some theories. So, I've seen so many different things about what could have happened to John, including a comment on a forum that was very seriously suggesting that he was a shapeshifter. Who was alive wow. and well, just living as something other than himself. Oh, like a supernatural element to uh, that was, show now. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was before they found his body, but this person was like, John Glasgow's a shapeshifter. He's Clearly. totally fine. Yeah. So there's that. But let's divide up the actual theories. Theory one is that John went missing on purpose. Theory two is that John committed suicide. And theory three is foul play, that John, John was harmed in some way. So in my opinion, theory one missing on purpose, and theory two, suicide, kind of go hand in hand here. So I saw this quote 
from the newspaper, The Post and Courier, which is from South Carolina, that said, quote, the stress of restructuring the construction company that built the Clinton Presidential Library gave John Glasgow every reason to run away, end quote. So, you know, Bill Clark, the guy who, who was like over CDI, he unexpectedly dies. And now it's like, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. And then... Like, Will Dillard's the parent company buy out these shares or will the employees get to buy them? And then, like, everything, everything's going to be different. And the CFO that John was going, as the CFO, John was going to be, like, at the front lines of this. Like, this yeah. was, like, his main responsibility. Yeah, so that is, he was obviously reportedly anxious and overwhelmed by all of that. So that's, po- I mean, if you're anxious and overwhelmed, are you going to just leave or kill yourself? I mean, I guess you could. I'm going to play the devil's advocate. I feel like he's a CFO. Like, it's not his first rodeo. Like, he's used That's to, true. like, high-pressured. He gets yeah, paid that money. you don't get being money. a CFO for no reason. Yeah, just because yeah. you're scared of, like, difficult tasks. Yeah, like, yeah, you are. I agree with you. You are yeah. where you are because, like, you've you've been through. It's not yeah. your first rodeo. You earned that Volvo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have two, just not with money. So, as a teacher, I'm stressing about these children. So, <laughs> then, of course, there's the audit. And... I know that he knew that they were fine and that he hadn't done anything shady, but he was hurt at even the suggestion that he was doing something he shouldn't have with the company's finances. So could the audit have been so stressful enough to make him stage his own disappearance to end his life or literally end his life? (sighs) If you're going with what you just said, then no. Yeah, again, I feel like he made it through the audit, right? No. No, it was still ongoing. Yeah, so they decided that they cleared John and the company after John was dead. Oh, sad day. So. Okay. Okay. Well, then maybe, I mean, if he was personally offended, like if people that he worked with for a long time personally. I don't like, think it was his parent company's people who were accusing him, not CDI people. Like CDI knew he was good. It was Dillard's. That was that was sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I feel like even that letter is just like, I'm deeply offended. Yeah. Like, it I don't seems know if like you kill like, yourself for being deeply offended. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And even if you write a letter. all the time. Yeah, it just seems like a, you know. You, you make a, I don't know. Change yeah. your job, bruh. You yeah. You have to like, do it. <laughs> you don't have to end your life. You can just end your job. Yeah. So Take that I, bonus and start a new. I can understand why people thought that maybe he staged his disappearance at first, but now that his body's been found, like, there's no reason anybody should continue with that. Agreed. That theory. So it's not like he just went off the grid and was living in the state park and then somehow died. So it can't be a staged disappearance because, for one, he was way too close to his vehicle when he died. First, like, all these years have passed. Like, well, he was just living in the wilderness a mile from his car. So that doesn't – and he was still in the same clothes he was wearing when he left. So I feel like he probably died on January 28th, the same day he went missing. And he wasn't living in the wilderness all this time and then, like, starved to death or something. Yeah. So bizarre. It's like you can't see the blunt, blunt force trauma to the head, but you also can't see, like, a stab wound yeah. or, like, Unless a it hit a bone or something, you know? Exactly. Or, like, he could have – I don't think he was living off the grid. But if he did, we also wouldn't know he starved to death either. Yeah. Or maybe he's just like, ah, oh, yeah, you're right. But uh, but this, they said the terrain is, ru- like, rough. But, I mean, like, it can't be so rough that you, like, are stuck out there. I don't like, think so. I mean, hikers found him. Yeah, so it's hikeable. Yeah, ah, a really fit tourist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it could be that he just wandered off into the woods and just, you but, know. But why did he do that? Just you know, clear his head. Nature's supposed to be helpful. Maybe he got like, lost st- or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, travel every avenue of possibility. So, so if it was suicide, you'd think that if he killed himself, there would have been like a bullet hole or something in the skull, but there wasn't. Or if he had jumped off a cliff, 
or I don't know. Basically, I just feel like you would see something on the bones if there was any sort of like significant physical trauma. Yeah. But they didn't say that they even found like blood on his clothes. Like they said, sometimes okay. the, clo- the clothes can give you clues that the body cannot. And no like, do you want to tell me if the clothes <laughs> gave us clues that the body could not? But so I don't know why. But the only thing that I keep thinking is like, well, what else could he have done to take his own life? Could he have like poisoned himself? I guess, but why do that in the woods? Yes, like, yeah, that does, that part does not make any sense. And, and like, leave your car. Like, there's just so many, like, parts of it that I feel like if he was committing suicide, he didn't think through. Yeah. Like, suicide, I feel like, I don't know. Where's the note? Where's yeah. the... Not everybody leaves a note. But could they tell you were poisoned from your bones? Like, probably, right? Probably. So, well, I don't maybe know. not probably after seven stomach. years. stomach, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the poisoning would get into your bones. I, I just keep thinking, well, if he killed himself and there's no trauma, he had to poison... I don't know why. That's my brain's weird. Oh, that's so, a good idea. I could guess so. But... You can't see any evidence on his skeletal remains because there's no organs or flesh or anything. So that same Post and Courier article said, quote, a seven-figure salary, a chance to buy part of a firm jointly owned by department store chain Dillard's and live a life in good spirits gave him every reason to stay, end quote. So I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's equal. Like, he had a lot of things going on that would have been like, yeah, just like, screw this and leave. Or kill himself but he also had a lot of reasons not to kill himself yeah if he was looking at it like glass half yeah, full like this i know he also I'm had a wife own. yeah and i don't know so i just have this i just don't have this gut feeling that he killed himself like maybe he did because he was stressed out but i feel like there was light at the end of the tunnel and he knew that like he knew he did nothing wrong in the audit so he he's had to wait it out and this mm-hmm. isn't his first rodeo so he had to know that it was all gonna come out in the wash right like it was gonna mm-hmm. be fine so why would this 45-year-old man, who's in good health as far as we know, with a family and a really great income, like, everything going for him, why would he just give it up? Whether he walked away or he killed himself, like, why? Have you seen the movie It's Complicated? No. It's not important in any way except for, the fa- I'm going to spoil this for anybody who hasn't seen it, but this woman's husband just disappears and she thinks he left him for another woman. And then one day, many years later, she's, like, walking behind their house where there's like they've got like a lot of land back Uh there and she like sees she falls into like a pit and he's down there oh my gosh i know it's supposed to be a comedy but it is pretty dark yeah and anyway i just wonder like comedy (laughs) it's our kind of comedy anyway like what if something weird like that happened he wouldn't necessarily have to like you know could have been accidental yeah. Maybe he his head like rolled away from somewhere else or something. Like once it did, maybe once that's you, why like, his head was so far away. Yeah. Ooh, like once it because your head's round, the rest of you is not like round. Like once you turned into a skeleton and just like bloop, bloop, down a little hill or something, and then it may look really suspect, but it really wasn't. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. So we'll never know. There's like no evidence that says he killed himself, and then there's no evidence that said someone else killed him, and then there's. No reason to think he went missing on purpose. No, but it's just weird timing. Yeah, it's just weird timing. So, in theory three, I want to point out that we don't know what kind of audit this is. So, it's not uncommon for a parent company to audit their subsidiaries. So, we don't know if this was a planned audit or not. But in the context in which they've said it, it kind of leads me to think that it was an investigative audit. Like, they had a reason to think something was going on, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, like, regularly scheduled programming. Gotcha. Like. We ha- I had to do a Title One audit this year, but I knew I was going to have to do that, which is like I keep I track all of our Title One electronics. Yeah. Like any technology we bought with Title One funds, that's not. I mean, it's stressful because it's like I got to find them all, but it's not stressful because I knew it was coming. I guess, and it's not an yeah. investigation. It's just like a let's round up all the stuff we bought. But a planned audit, I don't think would necessarily cause 
like him to panic or have this overwhelming feeling of anxiousness. So it would have to be, I think, an investigation kind of audit in order for that. So I saw somebody mention that maybe there was something going on and they wanted to cover it up and John like refused to do that. Like, and then, or maybe he's the one who discovered something was going up in the, like going on in the first place. And it was just too much for him to bear. Yeah. And like, that's, and like, maybe he was going to like be a whistleblower. Like that was a common thread. Like a trend I saw in these threads was that they, people think John was a whistleblower. He was about to tell somebody something that was going on within Dillard's that was kind of shady. Oh. And then that's what happened. And then maybe the audit was even like retaliatory for that. Like they were oh. like accusing him of stuff because they were, they knew Upset. that he knew something else about that. So that was a whole lot of like really vague some things there. But so then I followed. maybe after his death, they found somebody else to cover it up and then that's why they and did they get the all clear. Him. That's why they're like, everything's all clear now. John and CDI were good because they took care of the, the whistleblower, the problem. And wow. So the theory three was that John was a victim of foul play and that somebody harmed him. So he left his house at 5.15 in the morning to head to work. And we know that he didn't make it there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if 5.15 is the time he normally leaves for work. So, like, if you always leave at 5.15, an abduction's pretty likely. But if that was earlier than normal, an abduction's pretty unlikely. Yeah. That's how they've known that you were doing that. Yeah. And if you left earlier than normal, then why? Were you trying yes. to get there early? Were you trying to meet someone? Did you have, like, a covert meeting in the woods and then... We're going to talk about that, actually. So, oh. something had to happen to him in this, like, two-hour time span. Because he leaves at 5.15 and his last cell phone ping is, like, a little more than two hours after 5.15. So... Something had to happen to him in that window. Like, is it blackmail or extortion or an abduction? Like, I don't know, but like a money for this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So that could have happened to John. Like he was going to meet somebody. Like, drop and off. There was going to, I'll give you this for that. But we don't, we don't know what was missing because we didn't know what he took with him, maybe. Got you. So it's possible, I guess, that people were trying to extort something from him. But there was, but what would it have been? The audit was fine. John knew the audit was going to be fine. So... And if you go missing people, I think they, like, heavily scrutinize your life. So they would have uncovered something by now, right? Like, yeah. oh, John was having an affair or something. They would have been, like, that's a motive. But they didn't find anything. It was literally just, like, this squeaky clean rich dude vanishes into thin air. So I don't – like, so if they did kill him, how'd they kill him? Because they didn't execute him because there's no trauma to the bones. And I don't know. It's possible, I guess, that he killed himself or that he was killed. I just don't know yeah. why or how. Yeah, it's so mysterious. So, on this forum, I saw someone say that they personally have two theories. One being that John was murdered and that the timing of it intentionally coincided with the audit so it would look like he committed suicide. So it gave them a really good explanation. And the second being that the audit wasn't all clear because this wasn't like a government agency auditing them. This was Dillard auditing their subsidiary. So maybe after John was gone, they just basically, to save face and protect the company's reputation and John, they were just like, oh... It's all clear. So yeah. they could have just closed yeah. it themselves. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't even have to, they didn't want to turn the audit into anyone. It was their own audit. So they could have just be like, yep, and it was clear. It was fine. Everything's so, creepy. To make it more like, why did he do this? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I saw another suggestion of a person who kind of played both sides of things saying, okay, if John wanted to end his life, this wasn't necessarily the best location to do that because the Arkansas River Bridge is in Little Rock, which is where John was from. And that's a much more logical choice because it's pretty much like a guaranteed immediate death. And they said it seems kind of weird that someone would wake up early and drive an hour to a state park to jump off of a cliff 
when they could just drive a few minutes down the road and jump off of this pedestrian bridge. Yeah. So, especially when you realize that the cliffs in the park are not always, like, total drop-offs where you would just, like, plummet to the ground beneath you. Instead, there are, like, trees and rocks and things on the hillside blocking you, so you don't know if you're actually going to die or not. Yeah. Like, you, you can jump off that cliff really and you might hurt. just, like, break both of your legs and then be stranded out there and die. But you don't know that you're going to die from the job. Like, it's yeah. not guaranteed. Most times people don't want to commit suicide in a way that is torturous. Yeah, and they don't want to... be quick and dirty. They don't want it to be like, a, well, maybe this will kill me. It's like, you want to die. So why would you take a not guaranteed route? Option? I mean, I guess they're never guaranteed, but why would you take the less likely... To be effective, yeah. So then they said, like, where his car was found at the Mather Lodge, that's kind of a busy place. So if you were going to meet somebody there to do something secretly, or if this person was going to meet John there and then push him off a cliff, that was, like, not the best place anyway. Like, this is the photo of the parking lot that the tour showed him. Like, there's a lot of other cars there. Yeah. So why? that's that's not the place you would go to clandestinely push someone off a cliff. Oh, John, your death is so mysterious. So I have no idea what I even think happened. It's it's not a location where someone would take you to be murdered. It's not a location where you would go to kill yourself. It had to be something There's else. no trauma, so we don't know how he died. So it's just a mysterious death. Everyone's super lucky they didn't find his body for seven years. Yeah, if, yeah, if somebody if killed him, play. then yeah, the time really was in their favor. John's brother, Roger, said, quote, we're not suggesting any of these scenarios because we just don't know, but it does open up a Pandora's box of possibilities, end quote. And it does, because, like, it could be anything. We don't, we can't even rule out, like, anything. Yeah, I just, I don't want to know more about his personal life, but you said it came back squeaky yeah. clean. I just want to dig myself. Like, yeah. how is, I mean, what? Like, I don't, is it I've, anybody that he has, like, bad blood with? Like, even outside of work? I just feel like the time is too coincidental for it not to have been somebody else involved. Because, like, what are the odds he just wakes up super early to go hiking in his work clothes and then yeah. he, like, has a heart attack and lays down and dies? Like, well, you just introduced a new theory, Megan. <laughs> like, I just feel like that's really unlikely. Right, you're right. But, I mean, that could have that could have happened. Yeah. Because I mean, there would be no trauma to the body. There's no yeah. organs. Tell. Or, yeah, nothing. So, yeah, that's – there we go. That's possible. Theory, I'm going with that theory. Theory four. So, but – yeah, and we're just, we can't even look to see if he had a history of heart disease or clogged arteries or anything. Anything. So, Sad day. as of today, John Glasgow's cause of death remains undetermined. Because of this, the investigation is still open. If you have any information about John's death, please contact the Conway County Sheriff's Office by calling them at 501-354-2411 or emailing them at tips at conwaycountysheriff.org. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sideline sleuths.